Episode 124, Who Will Win? Uber versus Lyft. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. And The Game Changers with Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, best-selling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, and reinvention. Jason, as always, great to be with you today. Uh, Dale, I I look forward to our get-togethers more than you could imagine. So... You're traveling a lot. When's the lot. last time you took a taxi, a traditional taxi? Uh, I have not taken a taxi for, I guess it's got to be at least uh, three years. Okay. A so long time. I'm guessing your right of choice is either Uber or Lyft. Uh, my right of choice has always been Uber, but that's all changed. Oh, Really? So, and, and Uber is, as we record this, I know people will go, go back and listen, but we'll let folks know we're recording this episode in late March of uh, 2017. But as we record this, obviously, Uber has been in the news a lot lately. So, hence the topic of our conversation, who's going to win, Uber or Lyft, and the business lessons behind that question and how it applies to your you, the listener, and your business in this episode. So tell us the story and why are you about to change your ride service? Uh, well, I have changed. Um, so I, I, I try to be. I mean, I, I was born on the wrong side of the digital divide, but I, I really work hard to be an early adopter of any and every technology I come across. And so several years uh, ago, I mean, as soon as Uber became available, I mean, I downloaded the app, but I began using Uber almost exclusively. And uh, it, it, it was just, it was a breath of fresh air. I mean, it was it was great. It was disruptive. And, and I really, really liked well, about six months ago. And so I, I, I used it all the time. And there were some bad rides and uh, a lot of good rides, uh, but I just took it for granted. I just, you know, got off an airplane, uh, opened the app and got in the car and went someplace. Well, about six or seven months ago, uh, I landed in uh, Dallas, Texas in the evening. And uh, so I opened up the Uber app. Uh, I put in where I wanted to go, the hotel I wanted to head to, and uh, was waiting for the car. And it said, no valid payment method. And then I remembered, ah, darn it, yes, a couple of weeks before that, American Express had called me and told me that somebody had tried to use my card. My card was compromised, so they supplied me a new one, which is always a big pain when you pay 20 or 30 things automatically on a credit card. And I thought, oh, well, I've just got to put the new credit card information in. So uh, so you go to update payment information, and I put the new card number in, and uh, go to hail a car, and uh, no valid payment information on date. Now, it's getting very, very late. Uh, it's probably 10 o'clock or 10.30 at night. I'm getting a little cranky. I want to get to my hotel. I'm going to be on the next morning. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll use a MasterCard or a Visa. So I enter a MasterCard or Visa. No valid payment payment information. Obviously, the thing's not going to work. So you asked about taxis. There was one taxi sitting out there at the Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. And I said, "Uh, do you take credit cards? Nope, only cash. And I thought, oh, no. So now I'd have to walk back through the terminal, find an ATM, pay that darn three or four or five dollars surcharge. And I thought, Lyft. I mean, how long can it take to download the Lyft app? 
So uh, I sat outside in the curb, and I downloaded the Lyft app, entered my credit card information, hailed the ride. The car was there in a couple of minutes, and everything was hunky-dory. And so the next day, as I was uh, leaving uh, the hotel to go to my speech, I thought, well, let's just give this Lyft thing a try again. Boom. I mean, it just it worked great. Meanwhile, I'd been emailing back and forth with Uber's help desk, trying to figure out what was going on. And, I mean, they, they were of no assistance whatsoever. I mean, it was like uh, talking to a stone wall. And uh, they finally said, there's nothing else we can do to help. Just uh, delete the app and reinstall and do a reinstall. And I thought, you know what? That's not an appropriate answer. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to reinstall anything. So for the last uh, six or seven months, uh, I have been exclusively Lyft. I don't know how many trips I've taken, 100, 150. I mean, some big number. And, uh, and so that's the start of the story. But it was after my fourth or fifth trip that uh, I started to know or realize that there's a big difference between Uber and Lyft. I didn't know exactly what it was, but there was uh, a big difference. I, I found Lyft drivers to be just more friendly. I found them to be more engaging. Uh, the chances of ending up in a clean car just seemed to be a little bit better. And But I also knew that a lot of drivers drive for both. So they have two apps. They've got the Uber app in their car, and they've got the Lyft app in their car, and uh, whoever they get the, the ride with, they, they, they take. And so I started asking uh, drivers, um, so do you drive for both? Uh, yeah, drive for both. Which one do you prefer driving for? And Dale, 100, I've asked the question 100 times, pick a number. Every single time, they say they prefer driving for Lyft to Uber. And I would ask the question, well, why? I mean, because they're essentially the same. And the answer I always get is this. We love, uh, I love the culture of Lyft more than I like the culture of Uber. And I, and I, I was kind of dumbfounded the first few times I heard this because I mean, it's an app-based business. There's no human contact. Ergo, there is no culture. I mean, you just you punch a button, you accept a ride, and then you get paid for taking the ride. It's all digital. So what is the culture? And so I began asking people, uh, what is this, uh, what, what, what's the culture you're talking about? Because just in the last episode, we were talking about culture. I, I thought that's what we should discuss. So let me tell you what I've heard uh, from Uber drivers or from Lyft drivers. And then we're going to put that in the context of everything that's happening at, at Uber today. So Lyft drivers, or Lyft drivers tell me, well, you know, you sign up for Uber you just sign up for Uber. Uh, if you sign up for Lyft, uh, they actually send somebody out to look at your car, to greet you to the company, and to give you a little bit of familiarization. Uber doesn't do that. Lyft does that. I know that's pretty neat. And they said, you know, uh, Lyft gives riders the opportunity of leaving a, a gratuity. Uh, Uber does not. So you're never going to get a tip, I mean, with an Uber car, uh, if you're driving for Uber, very, very seldom, because there's no opportunity to leave a tip. And, and then drivers would tell me, you know, on the hundredth trip, I, I get this great note of thanks for driving for the company. On my 250th trip, I actually got a jacket from the company. On my 500th trip, I got this bonus. They said, you know, the, the culture of the company is that Lyft cares for people and Uber treats us like a commodity and they don't care. And so I think that that is very telling that two almost exactly similar services that do exactly the same thing without much human contact at all, in the case of Uber, no human contact at all, um, 
that the drivers believe there's a difference in culture between the two, and they can tell me what the difference in the culture is. Then, so in the, in the past couple of weeks, with all the news coming down with Uber, uh, you've got um, the CEO, Travis Kalanick, uh, harassing one of his drivers on a video, which absolutely went viral. I mean, just nasty, snarky behavior. Uh, you've got, they brought in Jeff Jones from Target to serve as the president and have some adult supervision. He left last week, and you know what he said when he left, Dale? He said, uh, you know, the beliefs and the values of Uber are just not my values. There's all kinds of charges of sexual harassment. Uh, They've been accused of stealing designs from Google's parent company, Alphabet. And it seems that there's a, a culture exists, but it's one of transgressions being tolerated. And so I've been asking myself, you know, which one of these two is going to ultimately become the most successful? And it brings me back to uh, my first book, it's not the big that eat the small. It's the fast that eat the slow. And it wouldn't surprise me if even though Uber is doing roughly four times the rides and has four and a half to five times the value of Uber right now, uh, given General Motors' half-billion-dollar investment in Lyft last year, it wouldn't surprise me at all if simply because of culture, Lyft ends up winning this thing. And so uh, in the last episode, we talked about culture. What is a culture? A culture are the shared attitudes, the values, the goals, and the practices of an organization. And uh, my sense is that right now, Uber as a startup needs a new startup. Uh, Lyft seems to be, uh, I think, much better poised uh, than Uber does. And uh, because what they have, as we talked about in the last episode, my sense is that Lyft drivers and Lyft has alignment. Uh, people like it, so they won't leave. Uh, they are happy with the culture, and uh, they know the big reason for doing what they do. And so uh, those are my thoughts on Uber and Lyft. This takes me back to a previous episode as I connect some dots here. And we talked about the lifetime value of a customer. And when we look at Uber and the behavior of its leader and what's circulating out and about and and exactly what the driver said to you i feel like a commodity where lyft i feel like a person they're treating their customers and their drivers uh they're not realizing the lifetime value and they're just taking advantage of the situation in the here and now where lyft is investing for the future and as a customer, I will tell you that I feel coddled uh, and and appreciated by Lyft. Never did by Uber. I, I guess I wasn't looking for it at the time. I didn't have an expectation, but I certainly get it from Lyft. Uh, either somebody is uh, reaching out to me to do a customer satisfaction survey. Either uh, there's something popping up in my inbox saying, take a free ride on us. Uh, so I'm, I'm really feeling like a lot of attention is being paid to me uh, as a Lyft customer as opposed to an Uber uh, customer. And for those people who are listening who are not familiar with figuring out the lifetime value of a customer, Howard Schultz uh, at Starbucks 
nailed this one uh, when he started the company. He said, uh, we can't treat people like they're coming in here. I guess maybe the price of a cappuccino in, the, in those days was two and a half dollars or maybe three dollars. And he said, you know, you can't treat people like it's going to be a three dollar purchase because that person is not buying one cappuccino. If it's a three dollar cappuccino, that person has the ability to spend fifteen dollars a week, seven hundred and fifty dollars a year with us over a 10 year period of time. That'd be seven thousand or eight thousand dollars. Therefore, we have to imagine that they have a post-it note stuck on their forehead saying $7,500. That's how much there's worth. they are worth. Uh, I've never, in all of my work over all of the years, all around the world, I have never found a business where you ultimately, at the end of the day, could not quantify the lifetime value of a customer by making some very conservative uh, presumptions about what their likely activity is going to be. And I really get the feeling that Lyft gets it. They understand the potential lifetime value of a customer. I don't think that I, I don't think that Uber does. I, I, I think that they're too busy involved in all of these uh, alleged and real transgressions. And for listeners, if you want to go back and listen to that episode, it's number 37, the true value of your customer. Uh, so it's a, it's a great way to to think about how this applies to your business as well. So now I'm wondering, you know, everything around us is speeding up, and I'm wondering how long it's going to take the public, the customer, to figure out what's going on, to to realize the difference that you've realized and make the change, and how precipitous the fall will be for Uber based on based on your prediction. Well, I'm I'm convinced there will be one. I, I am absolutely convinced there will be one. And uh, culture trumps everything else in business. Uh, just as strategy trumps tactics, culture trumps everything else. Um, I mean, that's been proven over and over and over and over again. Uber has largely been uh, a tactical company uh, flying in the face of conventional wisdom, fighting at every opportunity, charging forward like a big bully, and they've had the cash to back it up, and they've not been paying attention to issues like people and issues like culture. So Lyft is a welcome alternative. And and one more time, as a, as a way of a quick review, Dale, uh, we already know what a culture is. I mean, we've talked about it over and over and over again. It's the shared beliefs, the shared attitudes. It's the knowing the goals and practices of an organization. Uh, my sense is uh, Lyft has one. Uh, Uber, I don't think, does. Uh, I think they just have a culture of, of absolute defiance and transgressions and everything they do. And so when you've got this great culture you want, you gain alignment. Uh, people who don't like the culture will leave. You want them out the door. People who want to be part of the culture will stay and be happy, and people will really understand the reason for doing what they do. So on that count, I'm, I'm giving all the scores to Lyft. Mm. And success without culture is not sustainable, as we're, as we're about to see. Right. Absolutely. Hey, so before we, we close this episode out, I understand that you have a surprise announcement for us. I do. I do, I do, I do. Uh, and you and I have talked a little bit about this in the past. Um, so several weeks ago, um, I, I, I get a lot of stuff in my email inbox, 150, 200 a day. I, I really can't deal with all of them. I mean, I do, but I can't pay attention to a lot of them. Uh, and for 
a long time now, I, I've been getting these emails, uh, uh, like a monthly email from the Da Vinci Institute in Westminster, Colorado, uh, and uh, Thomas Fry, who is a futurist. And every time I've, I've had a little bit of time on an airplane to read his material, I've gone, God, this guy's really smart. Several weeks ago, something popped into my email inbox. For some reason, I guess I had five minutes to get inside of something, and it was the 20 or 25 impacts of autonomous vehicles. I'm not sure if people understand just how quickly autonomous vehicles are happening. And when they, when it really begins happening, it is going to, it's going to come upon us like uh, the iPhone and Samsung devices totally destroying BlackBerry in the matter of a year. I mean, in a matter of six months to a year, uh, BlackBerry was history. I, I think the same thing is uh, going to happen with traditional vehicles. And so he, his take on it was, here is the impact of autonomous vehicles economically on us. We're not going to need parking garages in cities. I mean, we're not going to need this. We're not going to need service stations. And I, I kept reading this. I was going, oh, my God, this is some of the greatest stuff I've ever read. So I reached out to his office and uh, I got on the telephone with him. And I said, we would love to have you as a guest uh, on uh, on uh, on our podcast, The Game Changers. And he said, I would love to do it. And so you and I have talked about uh, possibly beginning having guests, I, we're going to do that. And uh, Thomas Fry is going to be our first one, either the, the next episode, depending on the travel schedules of all three of us, either the next one or the one after that. And I am excited. Your mind is going to be blown when you realize, Dale, the impact, the, the, the life-changing impact that autonomous vehicles are going to have on all of us and how quickly it's going to happen. It's, it's mind-blowing stuff. Absolutely. All right. We look forward to that. And uh, you dropped the name of of a book for us to pick up and reread. Thank you. Any other final words for us? Uh, yeah. I talked to the CEO this week of a Fortune 100 company, and he uh, read The Reinventors, and he said, this comes closer to my view of what we need to be doing as a company than any other book I've ever read. And he said, it's required reading for all of my senior leadership, and it's fast becoming our roadmap for everything we do. Uh, so if there's anybody listening who hasn't uh, downloaded or purchased The Reinventors, I would, uh, I would urge you to do that. It's, it's great stuff. Fantastic. All right. Thank you very much, Jason Jennings. I look forward to catching up with uh, Thomas Fry as well. That is going to be a fun conversation. Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today calls one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. You can find out how to arrange to have Jason keynote your next event or leadership conference. Also, learn about his fees and availability by going to the website, jason-jennings.com. Click the contact button, follow the instructions, and someone will be in contact with you quickly. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. It's time for a gut check on your culture. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at Jason 
www.jennings.com. Jennings.com.